This is Before the Light Goes Out with Catherine Williams. My guest on Before the Light Goes Out today is David Ford. He's a British singer-songwriter. He tells me he can't remember how many solo albums he's had, seven or eight. He's also written a book and he's got a French Grammy for songwriting with Johnny Halliday. But more than any of these facts that you can probably find written badly on Wikipedia, he's also my friend. So David Ford, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's more than a pleasure. So my podcast is all about sleeping and as we were setting up the uh, audio today, I kind of have an inkling what the answer will be for my first question. So how did you sleep last night? Very, very poorly. <laughs> not not for terribly long. I had a late night followed by, yeah, uh, despite getting into bed very tired indeed, I proceeded to not really sleep very much. That, that was my last night. And why was that? Was it was there something on your mind or was it the awful randomness of no sleep coming to you? Uh, no, I mean, there's I, I've got a lot going on at the moment. So I think I've not been sleeping very well at all lately. Just a lo- lot of things to think about. I spent yesterday in a recording studio uh, making a record, which was very intense, as all good recording sessions should be. But afterwards, I don't know if you get the same thing after you have like a long studio day, just like you replay everything that went on through the day. And it's really hard to come down from the, it's not exactly adrenaline, but there's a certain kind of concentration that you you have to find in order to sustain. It was a, it was a 12 hour day, which, you know, is, is kind of fairly normal for nurses and the like, but, but <laughs> singing, singing for 12 hours it's not a, it's not a hardship, but it takes a certain kind of concentration, if you get me. And so to switch that off is quite difficult. Plus, yeah. I have the I have the paranoia of like, oh god, did we actually get the goods, or was it a complete waste of everyone's time? Did I switch the oven off? <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. Did I, did I switch is, the microphone on? You know, that sort of thing. Is the drummer still in the microwave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 had the good taste to fire the drummer before we even um, set foot in there. Wow, that no wonder you're not sleeping. They have heavy equipment they carry around with them. Exactly. That that's that's why they're best not to have around, I find. <laughs> so where are you sleeping tonight? Where are you? Uh at home. I you know, where where I do most of my sleeping. <laughs> so, certainly for the last couple of years I've done pretty much all my sleeping uh, at home uh, in Eastbourne down in uh, good old Sussex by the sea. Have you always lived there? I've lived, since I was about 1, I think. I can't remember how old I was when when my family moved here from sort of the southeastern armpit of London down down to the coast for, for reasons I've never been able to ascertain from them um, asking my parents why they relocated us to Eastbourne and then just through sheer lack of imagination I've been here ever since <laughs> well it's a nice place I've been there it's There's... fine isn't it <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. That should be on the poster or the <laughs> the sign as you come in. Eastbourne. It's fine. <laughs> well, I I've spent a lot of time down there because, of course, Echo Zoo Studios is Dave Lynch's studio, just right by the sea, actually. And I've done a few records there. In fact, we've had a cup of tea together there. I we recall. have. Yeah, and that's so, where we were yesterday as well. Ah, this is your new record. No, this is an this is another record. I, I I'm I'm piling them up now. This is like the third record I have now recorded and not released. Well, so, this um, is a bit weird because when we first met, you said to me, "I'm incredibly slow. It might take ten years to write an album or a song." Or so what's ha- what's happened? I don't know what's happened, Kath. I've I've gone I've gone bonkers quite frankly <laughs> so so I did I played I played the first couple of gigs in two and a half years since since sort of October 2019 earlier uh, this month and the support act was a very lovely 
songwriter called Annie Dressner and we got on very well in the van so we're, we're, we're like traveling together to these things and then we thought well now we've got a month before the tour restarts again so just these two shows on their own and then we're doing the whole of March and we were like we should write some songs and record them and have that ready to go by the time we go on tour and so that's that's what we did we we wrote like seven songs in two days and then we had a day to kind of rehearse it and then we had a day yesterday to record it and we've we've made a record that uh, was essentially 48 hours worth of work and I'm knackered now but it was it was fun but yeah write, writing songs like lots of them quickly it's a new it's a new thing that I found I'm able to sort of do yeah, I I knew it. And and, I, and it's it's you're the inspiration because you're you're a song machine. Like I've to be in the presence of you when you're on your creative explosion is it's quite terrifying. I'm writing with Ed Harcourt at the moment for some artists in Scandinavia and um Ed's Ed's a crazy beast for writing and I'm just sort of running behind him, catching up, throwing him lyrics here and there. But it's it's brilliant. I love that feeling of running down a hill when you're writing a song. And you know, and you feel like how are your legs still managing to go in front of you because your brain's working so quickly, the hill, yeah. the speed and the joy of it. So here's my next question question if you're still awake (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm hanging in there where's the strangest place you've slept Uh, well I mean I once fell asleep on the on the London underground that's not terribly strange but uh, I I think I woke up in Stanmore not knowing where Stanmore was and had to sort of like find my way back to uh I'm not not really the the kind of person who just falls asleep like uh, for me the transition to sleep and the transition from sleep to awake is like it's very painful it's like a birthing experience like a (laughs) I, I can only I can only actually fall asleep when it's physically impossible to, to not stay awake any longer. And and the same with waking up. Like I hate waking up. Like once once I'm once I'm in bed and asleep, that's it, I wanna stay there forever. And once I'm awake, I I can pretty much keep keep on trucking until I pass out. So you but, like um, to be attached in one particular state and transitions aren't your thing. Yeah, exactly. I I, I, I have fear of change, I suppose. Again, that's why I live in Eastbourne forever. <laughs> like I don't want to, don't want to change my surroundings. I I've, I've only just, you know, I know my way around. Why would I go somewhere where I don't know my way around? That's why I hate going on holidays. Like I, I, you know, I don't know these places, especially places where I can't speak the language. It's terrifying. <laughs> but you tour and you like to drive your big van and you do long drives and I can tell that you relish, you relish the road ahead of you. I do love, I love the road, but you know, in English-speaking countries, I, I, I love being on tour particularly and, and and not just the the playing the shows like I love I love the being on the road I love driving like for 10 hours it's it's strangely exciting I like packing up at the end of a gig I'm really weird like that like I take loads and loads of stuff when I play a show and it takes like two hours to pack up at the end and I do it every day for a month and it's I don't know it feels great and part of that actually is the going to sleep experience so that at the end of the day when I get to my it's always a travelodge, let's face it. Yeah. That's that. I don't know what level you're at, but for me, travelodge is that's luxury. I I, I want to I want to get into bed and just be absolutely annihilated. I want to feel like I've worked. It's almost like a badge of honour. Like I want to feel like I've really put in a shift for the people who come to see the show. That that you know I've given everything I have to give, and I am absolutely ruined. And then I go to bed. Have you thought about doing a set on a treadmill? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like that would actually be taking it a bit easy. No, I have seen you. You give it everything. So do you prefer sleeping alone or with somebody in the bed? Um, company is nice, but, I, but I'm very much, I need my own space. Like I can't, my wife, Emma, bless her. She, you know, she likes to have a, 
kind of I mean, I feel like I'm, but I'm like I shouldn't be saying this. Like this, this is <laughs> giving away the private, the private secrets of our marital bed. No, but but as in, I can't, I can't sleep if I'm like touching someone else. Like I need to sort of like have a have a, some sort of Chinese wall whereby I, I ha- I'm separated off in my own zone. And like if I if there's any kind of contact with somebody else, I can't sleep. So so I sort of like I like someone to be there, but like <laughs> at a distance. So yeah, I'm I'm fifty fifty on that. My next question: Do you prefer that I have spoon, cuddle, or space? For, for me, it's 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 spoon, and then space. Like you 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 spoon for a bit, and then it's like, well, now I I actually want to go to sleep, so I'm just gonna yeah, gonna clear yeah. off to my my zone. So it's like you're in the cutlery drawer, and you're a fork. You've been with the spoon, but now you need to be in your proper compartment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, does that analogy work? I don't think so. Let's go with it. It's it's good. So when you are in bed, do you sleep through? I think so. I mean, it's hard to tell, really. I don't really know what happens because one thing that I'm quite good at is we found because we we have a we have a daughter who's now five, so it's not such an issue anymore. But she used to sometimes wake up in the night, and I would find that I could get up, go and sort of tend to her needs, get back into bed. And just fall straight back to sleep and, and in the morning not even remember that I'd been woken up. Which is great because because Emma can do that. Like if, if she got woken up, that's it. She's awake and can't go back to sleep again. So it, 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 it sort of worked quite well that I was able to do that. There's like a kind of sleepwalking thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> or, or I could sort of build into a lucid dream where, where this is this isn't really happening. I am putting this dragon back in its nest. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it would be like picking child off floor, putting back into bed and then just like stumbling back to my own bed. And then, yeah, that's it. Straight back to sleep. I found myself so many times when the kids were little, sort of half on their bed, half not on their bed with a, a book. And I've woken up and they've been wide awake playing with a toy. And it's me that's like told the story and sent myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's great. I, w- I wish I had that skill of of uh, yeah of transition to sleep yeah. did you ever find that with babies anyway like whenever i would rub my baby's back i would burp <laughs> <laughs> that's you you're 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 all empathy <laughs> i'm burp empathy <laughs> so what keeps you awake i just just thoughts i i think a lot of th- things about like so I'm, i've got loads of things going on at the moment like these three records I'm supposed to be releasing and the horrific amount of money it costs to do that. Getting ready for a tour and just associated shenanigans, really. You know, just just the everyday being a human being. Uh, Is that the name of the backing band? Associated shenanigans? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make a note of that. This comes quite neatly onto my next question. Do you work and write better in the daytime or nighttime? I don't actually know the answer to that. I I've, I feel like it's if you'll allow me a moment of pretension, it's a moment. Like it's, it's my life. Um, for me, the way the way I've always written or the way I think about writing is that it's a it's a permanent state of being. Like you never, I'm never writing or not writing. There's always songs swilling around in the old brain cell. And so f- for me, the being a songwriter is all about being ready to receive. <laughs> the you know to receive the muse and and that yeah. preparedness and actually listening to, to the thoughts in your head and being being ready to grab one and hold on to it is has always been like my writing process like I say I'm getting more into the idea of doing it deliberately and doing it quickly I I, f- I feel like the the best ideas probably arrive in the daytime more than at, more than at night time 
It's nice. It's, it's, sometimes I'm lying in bed and like you know I'll get an idea for a song and it'll it'll jump in there. But it, yeah, it's, it's usually it's usually when I'm distracted actually if I'm doing something else. I don't really have a sort of set routine of when to work. I come into my space. I was talking to Tom McRae on another episode and he was saying that he he can only write lyrics in the evening. He can only write lyrics on his own in the night when it's dark when he feels like no one's watching and he can be quite vulnerable that that's tom though i think i think i think he's very um i I feel like he's he's someone who has to he has to be in character almost to you know to have everything just so i bet i bet he puts on a nice three-piece suit and some good shoes pours himself (laughs) an expensive glass of whiskey it's like right we're writing a song he's not one of these people who goes goes down to the kitchen table in their dressing gown and starts scribbling i could be wrong I, that's how I like. I, I don't want to be told that I'm wrong. That's how I want to think of Tom writing songs. So if that's not true, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So there's rituals to it, I guess. I found when he was asking me about my routine and did I have a similar thing, and I was kept thinking about all the times when I was writing um, verses for pop artists in soft plays with a coffee and writing pop. I imagine and- all the, all the bright colours would be perfect for just as a visual stimulus. I imagine that's great for pop writing. Yeah, you need short sentences so you can look up and check that your child hasn't drowned in a ball pool. And Okay, quiet or noise? When you're going to sleep or when you get into bed, do you like to read or do you chat? Do you listen to music, radio or podcasts? I did find a little while ago when I was I was going through a bout of just not not being able to get to sleep very much at all. I would listen to I listen to podcasts usually about football, but but talking about games of football that I hadn't seen or wasn't particularly interested in. Almost like as a, as a deliberate sort of if I were to concentrate on it, I wouldn't be interested in it. So so that would send me off to. I do love football and I am very interested in it. But yeah, I I find that people people talking about um, imaginary games. Yeah, yeah, games that don't really mean anything to me, like that, that could send me off. And and reading's good as well. Can you get can you get through a book? Because I, I really love reading in the evening, but I have to take myself off early. I'll read like two pages, fall asleep, and then read the same two pages. And fall <laughs> I seem to sort of have a brain that sort of gets too hot and then has an automatic switch off. No, I I can. I can read a bit, but it but it does make me really sleepy, which which I I, I really uh, appreciate. Do you read about imaginary games? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I mean, I I've, I found I, I read I read your book actually incredibly quickly. That I have to say did not send me to sleep in the slightest. It's a it's a masterpiece, and I recommend it highly to everyone. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep the Ormer and Tide in good bookshops all over the world. Even if you've got a croaky throat or there's some sort of glitch on the recording, that bit's staying in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's gone so quickly because I'm. On to my last question, which is... Oh, my goodness. I know. It feels like it's flown by. See, I feel like I've been just talking so much endless waffle. Now I realise I really should have elaborated further. It's been really lovely. I have realised that maybe in life I should just have set questions for friends because I feel like I've learnt more from these (laughs) podcasts with people I've known for years. It's like, just have a set of questions for people you like. Um, (laughs) I think I think that's actually a really good concept for a podcast and I'm going to steal that start my own podcast and we will have this same conversation in reverse in a couple of weeks. What would it be called? Uh what was the thing you just said just asking random questions to my friends. I think is that is that snappy enough? It is. I think it is quite snappy actually. It's like my dad wrote a porno. It's got that same sort of I think get on the domains now and just buy that.com 
before I release this into the world. <laughs> the, the trouble is you have a lot more friends than I do. I know that for a fact. Uh, or, or maybe you have more, more interesting friends than I do. I mean, like, like there's, there's my loser mates from Eastbourne. No one wants me to hear me talking to them. I um, think that should be it. I think it should be. <laughs> I just, just I think it, podcast should be called My Loser Mates from Eastbourne. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be good. Like, but interview them like, you know, like it's Parkinson and you're talking to Muhammad Ali. That would be great. I have thought about, I'd quite like to interview some of my neighbours on this podcast, as, as well as people in the music business or who write books and stuff. I think it would be lovely to mix it all up. Why does it always have to just be us lot? Well, I suppose sleep is, you know, it's, it's a universal thing. Everybody does it. And if they don't, they die. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Like there's, but there's no reason that somebody who does a particular job would have more interesting things to say about about sleep. Like, I mean, I wanted to do this podcast just as a chance to have a chat with you because, uh, you know, I miss you terribly. Oh. But um, I, I don't feel like I have any particular deep insight about about sleep other than the fact that I'm just I'm not very good at it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your neighbours or your postman probably has has much more interesting sleep stories than I do. So, yeah, you need to. Well, I'm going to ask you my last question oh, and see do. if you can redeem yourself then. My last question is, can you remember a lullaby from your childhood or a song that would send you to sleep? Is there something that you sing to your children? Well, the first part of that question is easy to answer. It is no. I cannot remember any ever being uh, sung to. I presume I was sung to, probably not by my dad. My, my dad's not the singing type, I don't think. I think he would be, I think even with a newborn infant, he would be too shy and like nervous to sing in front of a of another person that's that's my old man I imagine my mum probably would have sung to me but I don't remember what I was a baby my memory doesn't go back that far but I love I've always loved singing to to Martha my little girl it was in fact it was the, the first the first thing that ever happened in in her life she was she was born by cesarean section and so while her mum was being sort of put back together again they they give they gave the baby to me and we go off and we just stand off in a room together and after this sort of wild flurry of, of surgery and this this human being comes out they just they give her they gave her to me like on my own to to hold for the first I don't know like hour of, wow. of her life and I didn't know what to do so I just I just sang to her for about an hour yeah can you remember what you sang uh you're my sunshine is a, is a favorite oh yeah I love that song there's a, a song called Martha by um, Tom Waits, which was kind of instrumental in, in naming her. Just just kind of nice songs. Like I always used to, when she was a bit more grown up, I'd, I mean, it's a bit weird, but I'd sing Sweet Baby James by James Taylor, because that, I I mean, that's that. a really nice lullaby as well. There's a, there's another Tom Waits song called Lullaby, which, which I, I would sing as well. I, just, I, used to, I used to just love singing at her. And um, I don't know if she liked it or not, but I think, I think she found it kind of soothing a bit. But it's sort of soothing for us as well. I remember singing... Um natural woman and you've got a friend you know the Carol mm. King ones I used to sing those quite a lot and mock Mockingbird you know harsh little baby mm. don't say away. just something that you could sort of make the words up and carry on and I realized what it is about them but it's also about sort of soothing yourself into a calm state so that that transfers to their bedtime I remember uh, when Ted was six or seven we were listening and Carol King came on on the radio, You've Got a Friend, and he was like, why is that woman singing our bed song? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's actually her song. <laughs> well, I really, really hope that you get a lovely night's sleep tonight. I recommend a bath with some lavender oil. And I just want to say thanks so much for taking the time to come on my podcast. 
It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, David Ford. Thank you.